1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network.
3: Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk in partnership with the ChairShot.com, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network and in association with NDPW.com. Turnbuckle Talk is sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST. Turnbuckle Talk is also partnered with Phoenix at FNXFit.com, where you get 15% off all your health supplements simply by using promo code TBTALKPOD. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TalkPod. Listen on Podbeam, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you catch your favorite programs. And now, pro wrestling fanatics, are you ready? Here are your hosts, Muddy Joe Moran and Carl Carafield!
4: All right, guys. Marty Joe Moran here, back on Turnbuckle Talk. As you heard from our friend Mr. Richard Bronson vicker who happens to be with us here today. Uh, we're here for another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, minus Carl Carafel, He had uh, some uh, other obligations uh, to take care of here today, so I am joined by three of my favorite, or sorry, two of my pot- oh, potentially a third uh, if he uh, decides to show up here. Uh, first off, we have Mr. Michael Jargo from the Hitting the Marks podcast and Destino. Welcome back to Turnbuckle Talk, sir.
2: Always good to be here, man. You know, I will never get over RBV just yelling at me at the beginning of every one of your shows. It kind of reminds me of a Dolph Ziggler promo.
4: Right, right. And, of course, uh, as we had just mentioned, Mr. RBV, back on Turbo Talk. Welcome back, sir.
2: Yeah, I'm going to have to say, I,
3: I was kind of looking through my phone here as we got the countdown, and <laughs> I just forgot about it. It's like, boom! Like, wait a minute,
4: that's me. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh... Yes,
3: but yes, like, uh, like Ziggler... Uh, I have the, the good looks, uh, and I am I am here to uh, to sell, 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 baby.
4: Yes, absolutely. And uh, hopefully at some point we'll be joined by our friend, uh, Mr. Ryan K. Bowman. He's actually in the process of, I, b- I believe, in purchasing a new home. So some good stuff there for Ryan, but he might drop in and say hi and uh, and, touch, <laughs> and talk on some of our topics here. But uh, it be some good stuff here. But let's kick off, guys, with uh, I think one of the one of the bigger pieces of news to uh, kind of rear its ugly head during the week here. We're talking Peacock and the WWE Network, censoring a bunch of the content on there. I'm going to start with you, Jared. What's your take on, uh, on some of this... Uh, uh, censorship kind of going on with this.
2: I I was actually on the Monday locker room with uh, Ben Hameen and uh, Dr. Man Beast and Omar Akbar nice. this morning. Um, it, we were actually talking about this. And the problem as I see it is they're trying to treat professional wrestling like it's just another scripted TV show. Yeah. If this was the NBA – would they be going in and editing out, you know, that play that <laughs> happened between the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles <laughs> Lakers at, you know, the ten thirty six mark of the third quarter when Kevin McHale just clotheslined James Worthy? Like, are we gonna are we gonna edit that out too? Like, you have to treat it more like a sporting event because wow. there's so much of this stuff. Like, one of the first things that's gonna go is gonna be Ark Henry, hmm. right? Yep. That entire promo is. Is he in blackface? Yeah. Does it absolutely add to that moment? Yeah. I, I, I don't feel like no. pro wrestling is one of those things where you can go through and, like, you can pick and choose about what it is that you want to I mean, pro wrestling's offensive. It's it's kind of like stand-up comedy. It, exactly. It, at its best, you should be offended by at least 50% of the show.
4: Right. Especially when when half the the... We're talking half of the, the guys are bad guys. Yes, just by its very nature, some of the content, some of the things that they're going to say are going to be offensive. That is just the nature of the beast. And, that's how it works. Yeah, I mean, The right? bad guy gets You're eaten, are supposed the guy to be offended. like so-
2: that's literally how pro wrestling
4: works, <laughs> right? You're supposed to be offended. Um, but yeah, and, and you know one of my favorites, Mr. Rowdy Rowdy Piper, also on uh, on the list. You know the the bad news Brown uh, segment. I mean. That's uh, again. That's one of those things where, yeah, people are going to get offended by it. But I mean, (laughs) dude. I mean, it's the.
2: the problem is you know, when you cross the line. Yeah, that's it, the problem. And
4: what is the line, right? And it's like when you go back, you know, in a and an off wrestling uh, topic. When you go back and say, if you go and buy some Looney Tunes uh, DVDs, like if you're if you are to buy like a set of that these days, when you watch it, there's a big disclaimer at the front. You know, the show is a product of its times, and some of the uh, subject matters of an offensive nature. I don't know exactly how they word it, but it just it, it's a. It's the thing where, I mean, just it's like everybody can get offended by everything these days. So they're just covering their ass. But I mean, we're just, are we just going to just forget everything that's happened beforehand? (laughs) What do you think, uh, Rick?
3: Well, what really gets me here is, is the people that are upset or even surprised by this. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the society that we're living in, we're in cancer culture. I mean, it, it's yeah, always been there, but now it's so more prevalent now. It's so more out there because, you know, people have a, a larger platform. There's more platforms to give the voice your opinions. And, and Jargo br- brings up a great point there. When he's talking about the presentation and how you treat it, the company themselves, the WWE, they've been trying to move away from that sports They're sports entertainment. Yeah. You know that's how they sold this to Peacock. And, it, what they're, and when they're going in there selling you know, to NBC, to, they've already got them on the hook with, their, with the USA deal. You know, they, have, they have convinced this company, and it Fox is well in there, I mean, to give them billions of dollars for a, a garbage product. <laughs> yeah. so, and that's how they went in there and sold that. They didn't sell it as sports. Nope. They went in there and, and, and that's what they want to be.
2: They want to be television. Yep. When you look at the bigger picture of all of this, though, And Rick, this is something that we were talking about literally years ago when we were doing the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling podcast. They have sold the network. What is left? What is left for Vincent Kennedy McMahon as the CEO of WWE? And the only thing that's left is to sell the entire goddamn company and cash out. It's well, the say, only thing that is left for them to do. Your next move there is to actually
3: begin selling those intellectual properties. I mean, because they still retain the rights. I mean, they, they own the libraries. It's more of a lease term here, but eventually that next move is to start moving all those properties to like, get them away from your company, your ownership.
4: Mr. Uh, generic Facebook user, I've never seen that actually come up that way in the comments before. Uh, they should set us a RoboCop in WCW. Uh, yes, Mr. Facebook user. Um, um, yeah, I guess you would be correct.
2: Well, I mean, if, if we're going to start getting into things, that if we're going to cancel <laughs> anything that was offensive, world-class championship wrestling yeah. never happened. The entire freaking promotion,
4: gone. It just never happened, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mid-South, yeah. gone. Yeah. Attitude well, era gone. You know, it's um, you know.
3: actually devastating about that, and you know, people shouldn't be surprised. I mean, they should have seen this coming uh, that they were going to. Yeah. You know, when I saw it, I was like, "Well, just a matter of time before they're going to start editing things out here." Uh, but what you're going to lose here is a. Is a what was nice about the WWE Network for a true wrestling fan, it was that capability that you could go
2: watch relive those things. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, those they've already moments. ruined it. Without the search function, without the... They've taken so much away from the network just in the presentation of the network that now when you start getting into edited content... like We were talking on the, on the Monday locker room. You remember the, the match between The Rock and Mick Foley, and it's, I quit. Yeah. And The Rock hits him in the head with a chair how many times? At what, at what point is it expensive? At what point is it? Is it after the third chair shot to the head, unprotected, while he's got his yeah. hands handcuffed behind him, or, or was it the seventh chair? Maybe it was the thirteenth chair shot. No. Like, at, where do you draw the goddamn line? Well, and even if, and if you want to be good for the goose, good for the gander, are we going to get rid of the early years of the Rock? Because um, I don't know the whole nation of domination thing. <laughs> Yeah. There's a little bit of racial undertone to that, or is just that just a okay? little
4: bit? Just a little like, bit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Where do yeah. you draw the line? And you're, yeah. all you're gonna, you're already catering to a niche of a niche of a niche of a niche audience to try to bring in these wrestling fans. You're gonna start editing their content. That's all we want to watch. The, the Monday Night Wars is still the top rated stuff on the network,
3: yes, sir. And, I mean, and you, you tune in for you tune in for the violence. Yeah. I mean, help. I mean, ECW is going to be gone. I mean, there was yeah, like there, all of it. there was yeah. a domestic, was yeah. a domestic yeah. dispute.
4: How they crucified? You know, they crucified Sandman. They crucified him literally. You uh, know, I so think that
2: was already gone. Yeah, you think people? I don't know
4: about are, that one. Yeah.
2: People are offended by what Will Osprey did to Be a Priestley mm-hmm. at the end of the the New Japan Cup. Uh, it, does anybody want to talk about the Beulah pregnancy angle? I mean, <laughs> holy right? shit! Yeah. Right,
4: right. But um, you know one thing to make note of with this here is that, to the best of my knowledge, all right. Now this is really only a factor with um, our American friends with the network here in here in Canada and other places. So far, we're unaffected by that. The, the network is still as is. So just to, to it's first, just a
3: matter of time, right? It's a matter of time before just they a, get a matter some, of time. You know, Whoever your you know your big one of your big networks up there to bite on this.
4: Yeah. So it, yeah, because I, I mean I'm not sure what our affiliate affiliation would be within in, uh, NBC in, in Canada. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's potentially a matter of time. Uh, Javier saying it's a real shame of the WWE's limiting wrestling history as they deem fit uh, to the victory. It seems seem to go with the spoils. Yeah.
3: Well, it, 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 it comes down to this. They they pitched it as a television program to a bunch of people who have no idea about what professional wrestling is.
2: Yeah. Yep. And and it's just NBC Universal showing their freaking ignorance in the way yeah, that, that they're trying hilarious. to do this. Jugger, you're muted.
4: No, I'm I can muted? hear him. I, I can hear him.
2: Are we all muted? No. 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 I think it's you, buddy. It's me. <laughs> it's
4: me. Watch that button there. But um but yeah, um, it's 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 just a, it's it's annoying because like it's it's revisionist history essentially is kind of what's happening here on on a wrestling scale or specifically with WWE. Or it's like we're just gonna at some point we're, you know, we're just gonna pretend that none of that ever happened. And
2: I mean, th- there are basically three movies on the face of the planet that everybody considers the top three movies ever made. We can argue about order, right? There's Casablanca, which they are editing. Yeah. There's gone with the wind, which they are editing and there's citizen Kane, which nobody's touching because nobody cares, even though it's recognized as the greatest movie of all time. It yeah. really sucks.
4: Yeah. You could throw Godfather probably into the mix too. There's a lot of things that they can edit out of that too.
2: Right? Oh man. It, it, talk about <laughs> cultural appropriation. <laughs> right. God.
4: Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a shame. Um, and, and again, you guys have kind of hit on it. NBC not knowing anything about wrestling, I think is, is part of They've the problem. Been
2: in this business for right? how long now?
4: Right. But and and it's partially it's WWE's fault for pitching them the product. I think the way it is too. Right. I guess you it's not to WWE's fault. WWE
3: made a billion dollars yeah, or a couple billion dollars off of this. That's, that's, They're going to sell it however they can. That's,
2: that's a fair what statement. What people have to realize yeah. is Vince McMahon does not care about you. <laughs> Vince true. McMahon is running not business. Yeah. Vince McMahon is trying to make as much money as he possibly can, and he doesn't care if you don't get to watch your Roddy Roddy Piper promo from
4: 1984. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yep. I guess he's maybe just hoping you got it recorded somewhere. And if you want to go and watch it that way, then. Pull the VHS tapes, I guess.
2: <laughs> There's YouTube, man. There's Everything's YouTube. On YouTube, it's just. The Are they going to pull that too, report. though? It was so put together. It was so sleek. The, yeah. the the design was incredible, and now we're just throwing that in the trash. And I, I'm pretty hmm. sure people will just turn it off and go to the uh, hacker Hamine style of uh, watching the current pay per views and whatnot. Yeah. Unless you want to watch The Office, which you know, at what everybody is- wants to watch The Office. Yeah, but at what point okay, are we gonna start editing the office? Because let mm. me tell you, there is some shit in the office that you know is pretty yeah. damn offensive. Yeah. Well, that, well, that's I what makes it
3: fucking true. funny.
4: Yeah.
3: Right. Is I'd like Stop. to see them detail <laughs> and bullet point out what the, the company standards are for what is deemed offensive. Because I am yeah. I guarantee you that we could head over to Peacock right now and just randomly select ten shows and we're going to find at least what? half of them. That could be questionable uh, or going to be borderline offensive to somebody. Yeah. I
4: mean, like you had mentioned the office, like they they make fun of handicapped people and they make fun of fat people, specifically Michael uh, on the show. You know, it's.
2: The amount of sexism. Oh, Jesus.
4: There's tons of it there. You know, we're going to have, we're going to throw you a golden shower. Like, my goodness. Like, right. So (sighs) anyways. The funny
2: thing is the funniest part of the whole thing is. Yeah. The TV shows that are actually successful in a 2021 context, the the shows that people actually watch... Are offensive. ...are the shows that say, screw it, we don't care.
4: Yeah, it's true. It's very, very true. Uh, Tying into this as well here, we're talking Hall of Fame inductees. And and, and I'll I'll, uh, tie this into the other topic, too, because I think it all kind of coincides together. Um, Some Hall of Fame inductees for especially specifically one in the 2001 class here that, that seems to have people just outraged. And we're talking the great Collie. right? As soon as that one dropped, I mean, the internet literally losing their shit. I'll just come out and say it. And you have hit on this before here, Jargo. And I think it's very, very true when it comes to not only this situation, but just wrestling kind of in general. And specifically, I think with WWE, uh, it seems to happen a lot people just being addicted to being outraged about this kind of stuff. I mean, for, for me, when I saw the great Collie's um, announcement for the, the to get into the Hall of Fame and, and given what they want to do in India, it made perfect sense to me. You know, they're making a big push into that market. The, the dude's basically uh, not necessarily a god over there, but, I mean, he's, like, he's one of their top celebrities over there, I and mean, he's very, very oh, yeah. well known. So, I mean, I totally get it, but, I mean, uh, the internet wrestling community just absolutely losing their shit when it comes to this one. Oh, how dare they put him in? This isn't a real Hall of Fame. I'm like, my God, it just, it's a... Uh, crazy it's
2: never been a real Hall of Fame yeah, I know. it only exists in Vince McMahon's mind it's the Vince McMahon
4: you know. cl- uh Boys Club I've always kind of referred to it as that
2: here's my problem uh it, it's not just the great Collie do, do you got the entire list of inductees there in front of you I know it's, it's uh, Bischoff Molly Holly the great Collie RVD Rob Van dam yep. and it, there's one more I Kane. Like a- Kane oh Kane
4: Kane yeah
2: um who's the headliner Kane who who is gonna get me? To actually tune in to watch this thing that always runs entirely too long <laughs> is incredibly boring. There's not going to be any fans there. Like, it's going to be there Kane. There's nothing here to get me to watch this. It's going to be Kane. They, there's no headliner. I, Kane is a great number two. Yeah. But and ever since Batista came out and said, hey, yo, sorry, I, I got better things to do. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. They don't have a headliner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you got to f- believe, too, the, you know, Batista.
3: You know, he had other obligations, whatever the case might be. He just didn't want to go in, a, to do. In, in an empty arena or, you know, an empty studio. Oh. Uh, you know, he wants to have that moment. So, and I, I think maybe that maybe they intentionally went this round, Jargo, where you didn't have to have that, that overwhelming, that wow, that total wow factor. Uh, because so, so because it's solution? not going to be it's
2: not going to be the spectacle that it is now you
3: gotta you gotta remember so what's the solution? too it's, it's going to be add in the
2: great kali and hope a whole bunch of people in India watch it so you can spike a number for no. NBC Universal and make them feel like hey we really spent a billion dollars in the right place here guys <laughs> well I mean it wouldn't affect our ratings from India
3: but well I, th- th- there are no ratings.
5: It's a right. So, turn
3: so it's anyway, back true. to Kylie here, you know, what, what always gets me and anybody that gets so worked up over the damn Hall of Fame, I can almost go down that list and defend anyone that is in there for different reasons, because this is a variety show. There's different contributions yeah. and it's, it's not because, you know, somebody books you to, you know, be up team time world champion and, and all these great WrestleMania moments. No, there's more that goes into it and, and, and you know, and how you can contribute to the locker room. Uh, if you're a leader there, you look at Kali. Yeah, a large part of this is is that connection, that building, continuing that bridge to India where he's over there running shows and he's helping find talent and prepare them for the WWE. He's over there selling out 50,000-seat arenas on so, his shows. Yeah. And outside of WrestleMania, SummerSlam, something like that, WWE can't even do that here.
4: Yeah, right. Um, just just to add on, because you, you had asked... Uh what the entire list is, Jarvis. I do have the, the whole uh, list on here. A couple of them, I, th- I think, uh, I'm not sure if they're confirmed, but I'll, I'll read them out here. So because they're doing a double class this year too, right? We're doing the 2020. So I'll start with that one. We've got JBL, um, British Bulldog, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, uh, the NWO, which I think that could potentially be your headliner, uh, the Bella Twins, which I'm not sure if that one is actually confirmed or not, um, and then for the 2021 class, we have Molly Hawley, uh, easy E, Mr. Eric Bischoff, Kane, great Callie, and Rob Van Dam. That's the, that's the whole thing. Um,
2: is I, it all going to be one ceremony or are they doing two? I
5: don't well, know. You got to remember, cause I, it, I think
2: it's going to be a much different presentation than we're used to, obviously. Cause I mean, it might
3: just be in a studio somewhere cause they're moved. This thing is on Tuesday night.
5: Hmm.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't think anybody's going to watch it. I think it's going to be all Skype and zoom calls,
3: right? I don't see. I haven't seen anything with the with the presentation. How they're planning on presenting this thing at all? Yeah. Uh, But my thing is a Tuesday night. They're probably hoping to grab a few people that are just kind of leisurely, you know, watching television. Might stop, you know, check in on the thing. You got to go again, though. What is the expectation for the ratings this week? I mean, we are going (laughs) to get bombarded with WWE. I mean, we've got a whole week starting tonight. Yep, basically uh, two weeks really.
4: Yeah, and Jargo's taking the whole week oh, yeah. off, well, so not, this better be yeah, good, be right?
3: It's starting next Monday, starting next Monday is where you get that whole big week of it.
2: Hey, has there ever been less interest around WrestleMania week?
4: <laughs> it's it's pretty low. You know, well, when, that, when, when, it fame, when it comes to the Hall of Fame, when it comes to. because
3: they don't have, they don't, yeah. they have not built real stars, and they haven't relied on bringing back one of those yeah. big names this year. Yep, yep. So we're just rolling with the roster, and I, I, I agree with you 100% the enthusiasm that you can see in any of the wrestling circles we run in, it's just not there for WrestleMania this year.
4: And when it comes to the Hall of Fame, I mean... Uh, I can pick three that legitimately interest me. I mean, the burst bulldog, of course. You know, given uh, you know my childhood in watching wrestling, Mister Jushin Thunder Liger. Given that I've started to really kind of delve into the New Japan side of things, I'm really excited to see um, how they'll uh, even have him uh, a part of that. And then, of course, Molly Holly um, for the women's side. I'm uh, genuinely interested to, to listen to her speech um, because I mean, I always thought that she was fantastic. Um, think, of
2: course, what, listen, all to, Mr. Hall of Famers. Yeah. The problem is there's nobody there that's a big enough name that's going to get me to tune in that's to true. watch it.
4: That's true. Yeah, Like I said, the NWO, I think, will hook some people in, I think. That- or
2: turn a lot of people off.
4: Or could turn a lot of people off, too. And that's, that's a very fair I point. I mean, the
2: last thing I need to see is Hogan walking around <laughs> patting himself on the back some more.
4: Again, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see, man. Um, uh, I don't know. No, like, I, I think you really nailed it that just the, the interest for not only this, but for the whole WrestleMania weekend. I mean, just looking at the card again, I mean, we've got 11 matches com- when we combine the two nights.
3: And, and nothing there. You're talking about main event or show. Very weak. Nothing really screams main event must see at WrestleMania.
2: No, the, the the best match that they are going to put forward is going to be edge roman and brian and it's like they have went completely out of their way to make all three of them present as heels like n- there's yeah. not a likable quality yeah. about all three of them at this point.
3: the dynamic hey, is know, a
4: little weird
2: watching smackdown this past week
3: and i was really started thinking about that it seems that when they went the direction of edge and roman I don't think it hit home. They, they missed the mark on it. Like they thought it would that it would yeah. excite people and it absolutely did not. And it seems that they realized that and in a pivot they they had to insert Brian to get a, some kind of interest. And I will give him credit. You know, I, I enjoyed this this past week's Smackdown. I thought it had a nice flow and it would really hit home to me is you know I'm kind of just reflecting on it there is the the mood, the change in the vibe when you insert Daniel Bryan into a situation.
2: And, well, I mean, and how that impressive that question. is for him, you know, when, towards him. At Fastlane, when when everything went down at Fastlane, my question was, do they know they just turned Edge heel? Like, in, in their booking mind, like, is this justified? Like, do they know they just turned Edge heel? And now it seems like we're just acknowledging that all three of these guys are just terrible humans that I don't want to see any or, of them win.
4: Or are we kind of going with the AEW approach where everybody's just a competitor, we're all just and in the gray that area? that
2: does not work for the main event of WrestleMania.
4: It does not. It does not. I, I have always said, and again, I've <laughs> said before. I, I, may be, I may be too old school for my own good, but I like having a good guy and I like having a villain in my matches. So I'm, I'm just that's the way I like it. what
3: you've done is your ultimate story here. For you know, the ultimate opportunist was supposed to be that coming full circle. Right. And, you know, his return last year, the injury, the journey back. You completely thrown that out the window with that. Yes, sir. I think you know after last year's WrestleMania. Uh, Jargo and myself sat down with MSG and the Humming Media Group to do do the reviews, and immediately then I said your main event for next year's WrestleMania needs to be Randy Orton and Edge. Start building that story now, and they they completely whipped on that thing.
4: Yeah. yeah. Now, what do you think, uh, Rick? Because um, I mean, it hasn't been changed yet, but I mean, there's some potential for this. Uh, what do you think about your precious Shar being added to that Oscar and Rhea Ripley match?
2: <laughs> Again, forced. <laughs> yeah. uh, absolutely forced. I, I don't Again. Even- Again with the Charlotte getting and, shoehorned
3: in. Right. Yeah, but, but also on to that, inside of the match itself as it stands here with, with Ripley and Asuka, why are, why are we just getting this? Where the hell yeah. has Ripley been? She was super hot yeah. coming out of that rumble. People were hungry nothing. for a new star like nothing that and she her. disappears without mention for weeks and then we get these vignettes that she's coming. And then to simply, and this is another reason why this, the ex, you know the excitement around this WrestleMania is so low is, holy shit, Fastlane's over. We got two weeks to Wrestlemania. We better start pointing at the sign and just throwing yeah. out challenges left and right. Every segment on Raw, essentially, that's what it was. Go out there, demand a match, point at the sign. We're heading to Wrestlemania. Let me throw... as throw... your true excitement? <laughs> where the hell has Ripley been at this thing? And if they, if they squeeze her in in that thing, it squeeze Charlotte in there, complete disaster. On the other side of that, too, which you had a hot program, which you could have had some serious build with a great story with Banks and Bel Air. And they completely just wasted it because they now they're rush yeah. booking it. Now Sasha's just out of nowhere, you know. She comments the other day, "Oh, I've started hanging out with Bailey again. That's why she's got this attitude." What? <laughs>
4: Let me throw this out to you because, uh, I mean, I uh, before we started today, I, I kind of um, dropped this topic a little. But you know what? I'm going to bring it up anyways because I, I think that it, it might apply. And I think this is actually a topic that I think might have had Rick a little hot here, so I kind of want to get the, the take on it. Um, last year and this year, I, I think if there would have been a time where WWE could have gotten away with, with this you know, due to COVID, I think maybe that they should have to maybe protect the last little bits of – Credibility that the WrestleMania still has is that they should have just said, you know what, due due to COVID, they, you know this is our this is our this is our Super Bowl, this is our star star, this is our the grand stage of them all. We're going to do something different for the sake of protecting the WrestleMania brand. Let we're just we're not going to do it. Should they have done that? I think last year and this year. Part of me thinks that, you know, maybe they should have done something a little bit different and just say, you know what, this isn't WrestleMania worthy. We're just, we're going to do, but the only, see, the only problem then is you, then you're admitting that your product
0: is weak. That's the only catch there, right?
6: dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
3: Hey one of the things that that I've given WWE credit for, and I know it's it's ego driven, uh it's just his stubbornness, but Vince pushed through. When you know when the world needed some kind of outlet, when it needed entertainment, he didn't buckle, he didn't fold like you've seen in college sports. And I know the it's the logistics are so different in comparison. Yeah. You know, people saying, "Oh, why? Why is WWE? How can they continue to go forward?" with This the colleges are shutting down. You know, the professional sports. Well, it's a different situation. They could contain yeah. themselves. They had the support system where they could go and film at the at the performance center at the time, and then they have worked out some other deals since then. Uh, but I, I do I want to give them credit because they pushed through. And and that, and it's ego driven. He was going to be damn. Nothing was going to stop him. Now, what's funny now that you mentioned COVID, let's throw another twist into that. They refused, refused, refused to even acknowledge that there was a pandemic going on. It, like yeah. It was like banned. It was one of those no-no words for <laughs> such a long time. Yeah. And now they're getting a payday. And because they're running in front of fans there at Raymond James, they're running them damn PSAs now with encouraging <laughs> people to wear their masks. That, that right there is hilarious to me. Yeah. And that's all, and that's all a payday.
4: Oh, for, for sure. For sure. But, yeah, but just part of me, and I totally get what you're saying, but at the same time, too, it's like, you know, it's tough because, I mean, it is WrestleMania. But like we said before, too, is that I think that we're still banking on that that name still having that that value to people. are You know, people are, oh, WrestleMania is happening. I'm going to go watch that. I don't think that that's necessarily that, and I think this year especially, I think there's a lot of people that are going to be, well, that's what they've got there. Yeah, I'm not going to bother. <laughs>
2: You have to realize that Vince McMahon and Donald Trump are basically the same person. They are the same person. They are the same. They person. are basically like Absolutely. personality-wise, they are basically the same person. Mm-hmm. This is par for the course for Vince McMahon. Yeah, Vince McMahon gets off on this shit. Mm. I mean, that's right. Go back to September eleventh, two thousand one. What was the first big gathering of fans after September eleventh? Yeah. WWE in Houston. That's true. And Vince opened the show with a microphone in his yep. hand. Yep. I mean, like, this is very par for the course. Vince wants to be the first one to do it. it, it it's an ego thing for Vince. Yeah. It's a competition it, thing it, for it, Vince. Know, it's Vince against everybody. It's a fair statement.
3: Didn't, like, didn't the rest of the world, I mean, sports world, it, it shut down, right? I mean, the NFL yeah. canceled.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yep. And Baseball, SmackDown everybody. went on his schedule. Yep.
4: It was eerie because, I mean, even where I was living at the time, like you saw planes flying overhead, like on a constant basis. And to just see that the sky is just empty with no planes flying around, it was, uh, I still remember that. Jeez, that's already 20 years ago. I still remember that.
3: I mean, he's got, he's had his own talent die in the ring. (laughs) Like, you know, not die in the ring, but, uh, you know, a huge train. Hell, he
4: died himself. He died himself. His car exploded. And then he was there next week, so.
2: But I mean, it, it's just Vince. That's, that's very much just the person that he is.
5: That's very, very true.
2: And then he will tell for the rest of his life, how we were the first ones.
5: Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah we'll see how it goes, man. But, um, I, putting myself in the shoes of somebody who, you know, is like a casual fan of WWE or somebody who's been away from the proc for a little while. Like if I'm, I'm looking at what they've got going on, I don't see a lot of those people tuning in, unfortunately.
2: Why would they? Yeah. I mean, you have to give people a reason to tune into the show. Yep. And they've just quit doing that over the course of the last 20 years.
4: Yeah, it's unfortunate.
2: I mean, it used to be like we'd be sitting here on Monday afternoon. If, If we were having this conversation in 1998, the three of us would be sitting here just salivating, oh, yeah. waiting for Nitro to start, waiting for Raw to start. What's Austin going to do tonight? What's Sting going to do tonight? Dude, what's, Carl dude, Carl and I were calling each other. I mean, it was must-see television yeah. because there was a hook week to yeah. week. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And now it's just... I don't care, it, it, dude.
4: It was literally like Carl would be watching WWE, I'd be watching WCW, and we'd be calling each other, and be like, "Hey, you got to switch over to this show. You got to switch over to what I'm watching. Do you to see what's going on right now?" But now it's just like it's like radio silence. You know, it's oh, like I, I, just I, watch whatever we I watch. Went out,
3: bought a, I went out and bought a second television, so I didn't have to switch. <laughs> yep, fantastic, fantastic. Them. get a cable splitter, run it off onto both of them. <laughs> you yep. betcha. Yeah,
4: for sure. I think I, I think I taped the other one, then I would watch the other one live. And, and, you, you know, it, it just
3: wasn't, you know, those of us in. Inside the bubble they were excited for. I mean, you could go out in public, oh, yeah. you saw the Austin 316 Yes, t-shirt. sir. You, you saw whatever the merchandise. People were openly having conversations in, in restaurants and bars, things like that about professional wrestling
2: because it was such a commodity. It was the hot ticket. Yeah. You know, wow, you know, you know what, Joe, you saying that about taping one of them. Yeah. It just like triggered a memory in my head that I haven't thought about what in you like, got? 20 years. That's when I got into video editing. Nice. Because I would record both shows. And me and my friends, we would do like music videos that's where you cool. would just like edit like yeah. different parts of, you know, Jeff Hart, like a Jeff Hardy highlight <laughs> match tape.
5: Very cool. You
2: know what I mean? And so you'd have like three VCRs running so you could splice between the two. And like, that's where my obsession for video editing started.
4: Very cool. That's Very cool. crazy. Right. Yeah.
2: All right. Let's, um,
4: before we mm. go for our, our break here, let's do a little bit of breaking news. I don't think that there's much in breaking news, but there's a couple things I want to bring up here. So here we go. All right, so for breaking news this week, I don't know if you guys have anything that you want to kind of touch on, but the, the big one that stood you know, to me, also it's a big one, but I think it's uh, interesting, to say the least. Alistair Black. Um, what's the future of this dude? For, for me, just looking at what's going on, some of the cryptic stuff that he's kind of doing, I mean, this guy is on his way out the door, right? What do you think, Jargo?
2: Oh, clearly. I mean, we're, we're going to see the return of Tommy Yend, and it's probably going to be Wednesday nights on TNT. Mm. I mean... Alistair Black. I think he is going to be a quite a hot commodity, and yeah. just because of the way this entire thing is went down. Let's remember, Alistair Black. The reason that he got sidelined, well, there was two things really. Yeah. Number one, he was a Paul Heyman guy, yes, and sir. when they took Paul Heyman out of creative. They had nothing for Alistair Black, and number two was you know the fact that his wife was trying to unionize the wrestlers, and he ended yeah. up getting all the heat for it. Yeah, I mean, so Alistair hasn't even been on TV in like six months. I, I think he is going to be one of these guys where there was so much upside to Alistair Black. I think a lot of people saw the upside to Alistair Black, and we were afraid Vince is not going to get Alistair Black, and <laughs> clearly we were right. Yeah. But I think somebody like a uh, Cody absolutely might get Tommy end.
4: do you think that maybe if he would have stayed in x t that maybe he would have stood more of a chance?
2: Well, I mean, look at this push between the two promotions well I mean, I think very it's very different well, In yeah. NX-
3: NXT, he continues to be protected by triple h yeah now I, I think and you know, the size.
2: Could- You you put Aleister Black in the ring with Roman, he's going to look freaking tiny. You mm -hmm. put him in there with Adam Cole, and he can match up. You put him in there with Kenny Omega, he can match up. You you put him in there with Drew McIntyre, he's going to get laughed out of the
4: building. Because weight-wise, he actually qualifies as a cruiserweight, which is insane.
5: Yeah.
3: And and I'll tell you what's maybe a a bigger question here, another topic spin off of it is, is that continued? You saw it with Andrade. Uh, All these hits in NXT, Mm -hmm. these these Triple H, that projects... Uh, that get gets so over there, and they completely flop. they just do not transition. It's going to be very interesting to see how they handle Ripley. Uh, you, you think it's they can't miss, right? Let's see how they do it because they've already I mean, just the vignette just cool her off after that hot rumble we were talking about, and then boom, how are they going to present her going forward? Uh, your guys talking about the release there of a black yeah uh, I think it was Stevie yeah Stevie Richards was talking about this maybe on the Friday locker room. Uh, don't don't be so sure if, if this is one of those just dick moves by the company where, okay, you're trying to get fired, you're trying to force your hand, we have issues with your wife, so, so, so on and so on. You know what? We're just going to keep paying you and not using you. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely.
4: And, and if he does go there, I think. That,
3: and and they'll do it just to spite. Yeah. They don't care.
4: And there will definitely be a 90-day clause there if he does leave. Uh, the, guy, well, that'll definitely... if
2: he ra- the the question is how long does he have on his contract? Yeah. Because I mean, if he rides out the contract, there is no ninety days. The ninety days is only if you're granted a release.
4: That's true. That's true. Uh, the other one I want to touch on is uh, Charlie Caruso, kind of like their backstage uh, interviewer person. Uh, looks like she's moving to ESPN on a full-time basis. So uh, does, Darn, that th- right? does that mean right? I guess that means she's done with uh, WWE. Right?
2: That's how you fail upwards. Uh, <laughs> evidently, there was so, some heat on her backstage for uh, being late, not showing up in time for a couple of pre-tapes promotion. And, uh, Yeah. And when you look at NXT, if there's one thing that NXT is actually produced, it's a bunch of commentators that are all exactly the same, whether they're the cute girl backstage doing the interviews or whether it's, you know, the the Mitchell Cole clones that you have calling the action. So. I mean that that that's one thing that they have gotten right down there.
4: Yeah, I mean uh, personality wise, I thought she was okay. I mean, I I think that she did rather well. I mean, she wasn't anything spectacular. I think she does better than to make a reference to one that stands out in a bad way. Be like Mae Valentine and NWA. I mean, she's somebody. I mean, that she could probably get better with time, but she like just feels kind of weird. But she was
2: fine. But she was she was the chick that she got if Renee Young wasn't available. I mean, (laughs) that's that 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 is her WWE legacy.
4: Yeah, for sure. All right, before we do our break, you know what? we might as well do our Match of the Week segment here. All right, so for Match of the Week, I think I'll start with my, my guest here, and we'll start, we'll go, let's go counterclockwise. Uh, let's uh, go, start with you, Rick. Uh, what was your, your Match of the Week? Because I know you always come with this uh, bit of an in- interesting angle, so I'm curious what you got this week.
3: Well, I did come prepared this week on this one. I always forget that there's a match of the week segment. Uh, but hey, it was just the match. You asked me what the hell was I doing before we went on air. What was that weird noise? I was watching a match. Uh, and it comes from our brother at the Hamid Media Group, the, the good doctor. The other doctor, not Dr. Jarko. Yes. Dr. Ted McNailer, the man beast. He was back in action. It was the reunion of the Mobile Homers. They were taking on the Outrunners. So, you can either uh, just go over on Facebook and look up Ted McNailer. He's got the links there, or go look up the reunion of the Mobile Homers on YouTube. uh, (laughs) Check out the match that they just had. Very
2: cool. Very cool. What do you got, Jargo? Um, I'm, I'm going to go back in time and I'm going to go forward in time to talk about kind of one entire thing since you didn't toss to Rick or I when it comes to breaking news because, mm. you know, you're a Canadian douchebag. I like forgot that. about that. Uh, so, so I'm going to I'm going to wrap all three of these things together. Sure. We are going to have from last week. We had Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi in the New Japan Cup final coming up this weekend. It's going to be Will Osprey versus Kota Ibushi for the brand spanking new IWGP World's heavyweight mm. championship. Uh, we are we are combining both the IWGP heavyweight title and the Intercontinental title into one belt, so that Kota Ibushi can lose it to Kenny Omega and have it be another world title for the belt collector. Um, but here's the thing that really rubs me the wrong way about this, guys. This will be the first defense of the championship. Mm. Everything since 1972 never happened. Ugh. So, and, and just, so why would you, you, would you throw would away you say, that lineage? Why would you? Say would you they're, do- they're, they're, they're peacocking it? Yes, very <laughs> much so. Fair
4: point. Fair point.
2: I mean, what are they, why would you do this? It feels why, so. Why would you do a WCW reboot when you don't need a WCW reboot?
4: It feel it doesn't feel, it feels so un New Japan. I mean, just, you, you, the, the, when you look at the legacy of that title, I mean, god damn. Like,
2: why would you do phew, that? Well, not, I, just, not I just, I just,
3: not just New Japan, Joe. It's just, it just—it doesn't seem like the Japanese culture. wise Yeah, they—they they honor their history yes. so much.
2: That's yes, to drop all that lineage just baffling. Why? Baffling.
4: I don't. I don't. I don't understand it. Uh, did you have any breaking news you wanted to touch to Rick? Because uh, as Jargo had mentioned, I was being kind of a Canadian douchebag and kind of skipping past you guys there. I'm good, man. You're good? Okay. Uh, For me, for Match of the Week, then, mine is coming from Ring of Honor's 19th anniversary show. Uh, Actually, as we were kind of getting ready to start here, I was uh, just getting ready to to watch the final match, so I still have to go through and watch that. But my Match of the Week is coming from this show, and specifically, it was a a grudge match between Mr. Jay Briscoe and Mr. EC3. Uh, A really, really good match. I'm really digging this... uh, Character that uh, EC three's got going on in Ring of Honor, so just I mean, dude is just jacked. You can tell that he's been hitting the gym hard, and that character just it's uh, it's really interesting. It, it just it's uh, I'm glued to the screen in a, in a good way uh, watching uh, that, and just it's and Jay Briscoe. I mean, former Ring of Honor world champion. These guys put on a great match, and it's uh, just absolutely fantastic if you get a chance to watch it.
3: Speaking it's of got, Ring of Honor, though, is uh, is Andrade? Is that where he's headed? I don't know. The, uh, I've made that
2: pitch. I know Jargo doesn't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. Yeah. I, I I think you're going to either diminish Andrade or Roosh straight yeah. out of the gate. It, you're going to have two alphas in the room, and it is just not going to work. My uh, my thing with uh, maybe the maybe, EC3, maybe you swerve it, have him go and challenge Roosh. See that could work. I think. Yeah, but then you have yeah that you, that brings up a lot of problems. It's probably a whole other podcast. Uh, yeah. it, my thing with the EC three and Jay Briscoe. Um, from what I have seen of the match, I haven't seen it in its entirety, but it, it was good. My problem was the adherence to the code of honor at the end of the match. Like I don't feel yeah. like Jay Briscoe should be given EC3 any kind of respect because they went out of their I way to I don't do care the opposite. If they had a 25 minute knockdown drag yeah. out, like no, Jay Briscoe should have like yeah. kicked EC3 right square in the nuts and left him laying there.
4: Yep, because they went out of their way at the beginning of the match to really emphasize that point. So I will say that that, that was a little bit of a flaw in the psychology. I agree, well, and especially with
2: Jay Briscoe. I, th- yeah. you could have done that with a ton of guys on the like if that would have been Jay Lethal that would have worked. But with Jay yes, Briscoe, I just—I don't even, you know, I
3: don't even think that it really fits the EC3 kind of persona. You it's a right. fair so. point. It's a fair
4: point. Um, the other one that I just want to make mention from the show, since we have a little bit extra, extra time, I thought we'd be we touched on some of this other stuff here. Um, they did kind of like a cinematic type of match too uh, with Vincent and Matt Taven which was actually pretty good um, resulted in, in a uh, it was actually considered an unsanctioned match and actually went to a no contest so it, it was interesting to How's see that work, right yeah it was interesting to see Ring of Honor take this somewhat cinematic approach like it was looked like they're wrestling like in a training center type of a thing it, it was very, it was really different for them but it was cool I mean I've always been a, a fan of Matt Taven and uh, usually when he's in there doing his thing I, I will say that um, you know over on uh, the love of wrestling side of things, uh, Spencer just interviewed uh, uh, Matt a little while ago, and uh, I I still am f- of the train of thought that I think his Ring of Honor title reign was really underrated and went kind of unappreciated by a lot of people. I mean, he carried uh, them for a good portion of time there, and I think he did rather well.
2: He was kind of like a JBL like champion, yeah. You know, where he, he was a, he was a really really good champion, but nobody had any respect for him. Um, yeah. and, and it was clear, interesting, clearly. The the problem is they yeah. should have put the title on Marty at the card. Yeah, I mean that it was just it, Taven was due for a run yeah. with the title. You could clearly tell that's where the storyline was going, but Marty was so hot yeah. that they should have made that pivot at yeah. that time. And it was interesting. I, I'm with yeah, I love Taven.
4: And it was interesting at the time because shortly after that, you know, they did the War of the Worlds tour and they actually uh, came to Toronto, which I I ended up going to. And It was interesting because I actually uh, got to hold on to the title. And as I'm looking at it, it still had Jay Lethal's name on it at the time, which I thought was a little interesting that they were kind of doing there with that. Uh, On the show, too, another one to, to make mention of. The match itself was really good, but just to... The thing that really stood out for me, we're talking uh, Jonathan Gresham versus Dak Draper. They did a pure rules uh, match with those two. I mean, you want to talk size difference between two dudes? Like, holy shit. I mean, Dak is, uh, I mean, I I know Gresham is a small guy, but Dak made him look like a midget.
2: Well, that, I, we know Gresham is a small guy until like you actually see Jonathan Gresham in person, and then you realize he is a small. Guy. <laughs> he is a little
4: dude, and he's I mean, a little, little
2: dude. dude. what is he like five seven? Yeah, he's small. Yeah, he. I'm not even sure he's that big. I, I should I, actually like look. that might be a pro wrestling five seven. You know what I mean? Kind of five, like Adam Cole, six foot tall,
4: five foot four. And uh, to make it sound even smaller, if we were to, to do it in metric measurements, he is <laughs> he's 163 centimeters
5: tall.
2: <laughs> I don't know what that means. I think you're just making stuff up. Uh, Rick, stop I stop guess my question Canadian. to you is is this pure rule stuff going to work? Like I, I, I I realize that, you know, there's a lot of people, including myself, that I just enjoy the art of professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily need all the story and whatnot. Two guys fighting over a championship. That's, that's enough for me. But once this pandemic is over, like I feel like ROH doing this whole pure thing is really, really cool inside of the pandemic era. But once the pandemic era is done, is, is this going to fly? Like th- That was always kind of the problem with the entire pure division to begin with.
4: For somebody well, like me that actually enjoys the technical aspects of professional wrestling, you know, given I watch a lot more in New Japan now, and uh, I do watch a fair amount of Ring of Honor, it, it hits the mark with me. But for like WWE fans and like the more kind of casual fan that is more into like the sports entertainment, they're going to look at this and, and find it boring. Let's be perfectly well, honest.
3: You're, you're, what you're really doing here is you're catering to a niche inside of the niche. Inside you're of a bubble. A in bubble inside of the bubble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but why does it have to be pure wrestling? should it just be wrestling? It, my, and my issue with Man. it is if you're casual, you're flipping by. It overcomplicates things. It, it, for to, for you to grow fair your audience, you need to simplify. Yep. And it's it's simple as what it is. You know, it, it's a good guy versus a bad guy. You're in there in a competition, trying to better one of you know the other. Keep it simple. Yep. It, when you get into these rules and these people are trying to tune into this thing, you're just people just want to be entertained yep. with wrestling.
4: Just before we uh, take a brief break here and come back with a showstopper segment, my only kind of complaint, and I'm sure that you guys will feel me on this one, they had Shane Taylor promotions on the pre-show. Boo Werns. Boo Werns. You got to have him on the main show, man.
2: The problem is they have those damn trios belts and nobody cares nobody. about trios wrestling in the United States. Yeah, it has not. never caught on, regardless of how much they try to push it. It's the same way in Japan with the never six man openweight championships. It, it's trios wrestling, it has never caught on anywhere in the world except for Mexico. Yeah. And I, I understand there is a huge lucha influx inside of Ring of Honor right now. Can but they've had these belts for years and they have okay. just never worked. Yeah. So again, it's you
3: know you're overcomplicating things. Yeah, you go back to you know the territory days to early WCW even their six man it, it just did not it just could not get over. Yeah. Uh, and it's just part of the... it's there. And, it, and you had heard you know you'd heard the rumblings that AEW was thinking about introducing would be <sighs> a complete do please don't
2: please don't please don't. Yeah, the only time that it's really worked in the states that I can remember was the Freebirds down in world-class when they would do like Von Erichs versus Freebirds. Yeah. Uh, And and that was just because, you know, they would build so much heat because of the Freebird rule that eventually three baby faces would want to get all three <laughs> of the free birds in the ring at the same time, That's rather right. than, you know, we're fighting you two guys. And that other guy on the outside is going to cheat at some point. Well, we know any, how
3: anything down there world-class. I mean, you get the Von Erics involved and people were going to eat it up. <laughs> oh, Especially yeah. the heat oh, yeah. that you had on the birds.
4: Yeah. yeah, yep. Yeah, that was a great rivalry back then. <laughs> I, I, I think maybe for the trios, maybe somewhere where it maybe worked in a modern context a little bit, would maybe Lucha Underground. Maybe I think just by giving the head more kind of like a Mexican kind of feel to it. I think it worked.
2: I'm rewatching Lucha Underground. Yeah, I love Lucha Underground. It's one of my favorite television shows in the history of freaking television <laughs> shows.
5: Yeah.
2: But Lucha Underground, like if you want to talk about a trios title catering to a bubble inside of the bubble. Oh, yeah. This was the like smallest bubble that you could ever <laughs> imagine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Did did anything work at Luca, Lucia Underground? Because I, I mean, if Lucia Underground would have worked, wouldn't it still be around? Yeah. I mean, it was it was around yeah. for four TV seasons and then it went away. So yeah. did any of it work?
4: I was a big fan of the first season of it, but then after so, that, it it, uh, it kind of trailed off for me a little bit. I'll be honest with you. That, that. initial charm wore off uh, after the first 40, season.
2: The the main event of the first episode is Ricochet versus John Morrison. Yeah. And it was really like, you know, it was the beginning of the Morrison comeback tour. It was his first match in like three years. And it was really the American introduction to Ricochet slash Prince Puma. And they go out there for 25 minutes, tear the freaking house down. And I look at where they're at now and they're making a whole lot more money. But boy, does it seem like that was a long time ago?
4: It really, really does. Alright guys, let's take a bit of a brief break here and let's hear from our friends over at Caller and ElbowBrand.com, and we'll come back with our showstopper segment for this week.
2: Wrestling. A love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand. The wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand.
4: All right, guys. My Joe Moran and Mr. Richard Bronson-Vickery and Michael Jargo back here on Turnbuckle Talk, as you saw from our friends over at ColinElbowBrand.com. If you use our promo code JKPODCAST, you can get 10% off not just one thing. You purchase your entire order there, so go crazy. Uh, they just recently dropped a whole bunch of new merchandise there. that are killing it with their merchandise over there, so make sure and check it out. And that 10% off gets you a deal, and we get a little kickback from that, so you're helping to directly support the podcast with that. So some very cool stuff there. All right, guys. Let us get to our our showstopper segment for this week. All right, so for this week, I thought we would tackle something non-wrestling related for our showstopper segment. I thought we would kind of give you sort of a, maybe a little bit of inside about stuff maybe... People wouldn't necessarily know about us. So I was hoping to have uh, Carl for this segment this week and, uh, and Ryan, but I do have uh, uh, Rick and Jargo here for this. So I thought, you know, we'd, uh, you know, whatever you guys feel comfortable with to kind of let uh, people know some things about yourselves that uh, maybe people wouldn't necessarily know. Maybe things that you're into, music that you like or, or whatever, whatever it be we will kind of go around and uh, and just kind of let people know some stuff that uh, that you feel like letting people know about.
3: I got to tell you, I, I had a little bit of trouble with this one. Yeah, uh, you know, from you know, podcasting over heck, probably what four and a half, five years. Uh, I feel that we, we, you know, if you listen to us on any of our platforms, yeah. if it's you know, when we're doing guest spots here, Turnbuckle Talk, the hitting the marks, uh, Hameen Media Group, that I've put a lot of things out there. I, I just don't know what you know what maybe someone hasn't heard about me.
4: <laughs> the the one that you shared in our chat is is a good one if you want to kick off. with them.
3: I know, but I, I thought about it, I think I've shared that on air. But yes, if you go to uh, my web browser and, and press P, the letter P, you're going to get Pornhub immediately.
4: <laughs> That's, uh, I could just imagine. I, in my Probably my uh, Google um, history is probably uh, really sketchy, too.
2: <laughs> Guys are a bunch of perverts. That's what's going on
4: here. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to deny it.
2: You know, I Rick, I had exactly the same thought. Uh, we have done hundreds of hours of podcasting together over the course of the last going on four years now, I don't know what I could possibly begin (laughs) to tell people. And then it kind of occurred to me that, uh, my life is actually very, very sad. And, uh, I have no hobbies because, um, I, am too busy producing podcasts. You, You know what I mean? Like, with what we do at Hitting the Marks, the the deconstruction of media, uh, keeping up with New Japan over at Destino, um, that's, what else is there to do, man? Like Most of my hobbies, I would say, over the course of the last five years, aren't even my freaking hobbies. (laughs) When you get to be my age and, and you're married and you have three kids, guess what? Your hobbies are whatever the they want to do <laughs> well, you know what i mean it, it but it, it's funny because it's true like yeah. and i feel like that's one of the keys to parenting is is taking an interest in whatever it is that your kids hobbies are and kind of making them your own so that you can still have that bonding time between you and your freaking kids
4: Well, uh, there's some stuff we could touch on. I mean, because especially on Turnbuckle Talk here, some of our listeners might not necessarily be aware of some of the things with you guys, like uh, with Jargo. I mean, there's a lot of people who watch Turnbuckle Talk that might not be aware that you used to be in the music business and that uh, a lot of the, the music for your show is actually stuff that you were a part of.
2: Yeah, and that, that's probably the only reason that Hitting the Marks is uh, not going through the th- same thing that Hami Media mm. is going through right at the moment, because yeah. um, there is a huge crackdown on copywritten material inside of podcasting. And it, it's gotten absolutely crazy. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, I'm entitled to as much of that copyright as anybody else is. So there is that. But yeah, all the music that you hear on Hitting the Marks, the intro, the outro, it's all left or dead. Good times.
4: Yeah, for sure. I mean, for, for myself, I mean, something that maybe people aren't aware of that I'm into is uh, when it comes to my musical taste, when, since we're talking about music, is that I'm a big fan of 80s new wave music.
3: So that, I did. I, didn't have, I right? never would have guessed that Never would have guessed years. that
4: See, I mean, I, I was a child it Was Spoiler alert, I was born August 21st, 1980 So I, I'm an 80s baby You know, one of the first TV shows I can recall uh, ever watching Being a little child was Miami Vice So I think that's where a lot of that kind of came from uh, I have a real soft spot, almost like a guilty pleasure When it comes to uh, 80s new wave and that alternative music during that time You know, a lot of that synthesizer based stuff
2: one, one that I always find incredible, it, it, it's just so random. Uh, Rick and I are about 24 hours apart as far as our age goes. <laughs> right? I, I am the elder member of the Hitting the Marks podcast yeah. by roughly 24 hours. That, nice. and That's just insane. Like, what were the odds of that, you know?
4: Yeah. I'm. A, people might not know about Carl and myself. I'm actually the older of the two. I'm, I'm a year older than he is. So a lot of people think that he's older than I am, or maybe the other maybe they think the other way around. But I'm actually the older uh, of the two.
3: <laughs> maybe I don't talk about it as often on air. A little fun RBV fact that uh, like I like well, I guess when it comes to you know those your hobbies, things that you study, you research. Uh, like I'm completely fascinated with like the Old West uh, in, in all things uh, from you know just their daily lifestyle to you know how they how they got by and you know the Western expansion. Uh, so inside of that though, man, I probably in a week. Watch like 20 hours of gun smoke <laughs> in
2: where, that same vein. That, I'm very, very different because uh, I, I'm busy researching how Octopi are going to take over the world and we will mm-hmm. all be kneeling before our tentacled overlords <laughs> in
4: that <laughs> same, I, same kind I of vein.
3: In that same could, vein, could use this as a, a platform for a big announcement too that we that we've got going on.
4: Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, in that in that ahead, same kind of, in that same kind of vein, uh, with uh, with TV shows, something that people might not be aware of. Jargo and I, uh, we're big fans of Ancient Aliens. Yeah, I effing love that show. <laughs> that I effing show. I, love that show. I
3: watch I watch it all day on Friday, but I cannot stay on that show.
4: I actually have the, the whole, box the set of the entire of, series, so there you okay, go. The books.
3: point of every episode is. Our ancestors were idiots. They couldn't <laughs> possibly do that themselves. They had to have gotten help. Right now, now you guys are into the which aliens. which is accurate though. <laughs> it That's is accurate. Thing. You guys are into the aliens. I have just recently. It's a, it's a brand new show. It's only been on maybe like a month and a half, two months tops. Uh, but it's on sci-fi. It airs on Wednesdays after AE, you know after wrestling goes off the air. Uh, but it's it's um, oh damn it. It's a, it, I can't think. Of resident uh, Resident Alien. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, yeah yeah. And yep. it, it, it's it's tremendous, man. It, it it's had me hooked. Uh, I make sure that I'm, I'm there each and every Wednesday to watch that thing. Uh, but they actually had the, the crazy haired guy from ancient aliens who was week. Oh, yes. So, yeah,
4: yeah
3: the uh, the alien, he's trying to find a piece of alien technology so that he can fix his device. So yeah. he goes to a, a sci fi convention.
2: <laughs> so he's
3: walking
4: around
2: <laughs> all these
3: different
4: aliens. Very cool. Yeah. 2021. Um, even for, for, for myself in that same uh, conversation, uh, for those who want to check it out, uh, I have, this, this is just something that's a little stupid I do on the side. I have a Facebook page uh, that's called Proof Aliens Have Done Everything where I just post little memes uh, talking about how aliens have done everything. I, I do it like on, if not every day, I do it every once in a while and uh, I, I've actually picked up quite a few followers on that. Uh, like every day, I get like 50 people that hop onto that thing that are new. So, um, But yeah, uh, check that out if you uh, like stupid alien humor. All right. Well, before we go here, let's go around the table and uh, give a chance. Uh, you had mentioned uh, you guys had mentioned that you have something new that you might want to announce. This would be the platform to do it if you want. Go yeah, ahead, guys. Go
3: ahead. Um, well, it, it's, it's, it's going to be us. We're going to be stepping outside of the podcasting room for another project. Uh, Jargo is going to be coming to Ohio to work with us for the uh, Pro Wrestling Alliance
2: mm.
3: May 15th. He's going to be handling our production. So it'll be nice. Jargo, myself, and. Uh, and the man with the book, uh, Ted McNailer. Nice. So we're all going to be we're all going to be working together on an on an actual pro wrestling event. And uh, we've got a, a hell of a, a hell of really? a lineup. Uh, some very talented very talented individuals on the roster. We're looking forward to. Uh, it's going to be a tremendous show. Saturday, May fifteenth, Greenfield, Ohio. It is the PWA Great American Rumble. We're going to be crowning. Uh, we're going to have a obviously a rumble style gauntlet over the top style match to crown our first. Great American champion. Uh, yes.
2: I, I, I needed to talk to you about that because we may have a little bit of an issue. Mm. Um, and, and the issue is uh, I, I we were talking about that this morning on the Monday locker room over at Hami Media. And uh, we, we got some heat, man. Uh, hmm. We got some heat because Hameen is not booked on that show. And uh, if, if you're having a rumble <laughs> and uh, anybody can show up and start eliminating people, you know, you may end up with a ha ha mean showing up and just shooting on everybody. That'd Hameen walks out with the PWA <laughs> championship and now everything is in chaos after the first show. I mean, it's a real possibility. He was hot, man. He
3: was hot. <laughs> He's, he has laid in the me and Beast over there on it. And, and we just tell him, like, Dude, Ben, we are going to bring you in next show. Shut the hell up. Shut the hell up. Next, next <laughs> show, next show.
2: <laughs> Man, we're going to get $5 face slaps and you know, the, he's going to call it our yearly bonus.
4: Nice. And yeah, Jargo, you've got another uh, show coming out soon that I believe is going to be on the daily basis, right?
2: Uh yeah, it's it's going to be a, a little bit of a different format kind of under a soft launch at this point over at michaeljargo.com. You can find a, a bit of a teaser trailer over there and everything well done, by going on by the way. With Jargo. Um, it will not be starting until I am located inside of my new studio. So, I mean, it, we may be three weeks away from the launch. We may be three months away from the launch. And hell, I mean, you know, it, it might be November. So, it, everything is kind of in soft launch mode right at the moment. But, you know, I figure if Dan Bongino can tease that he's taking <laughs> over the Rush Limbaugh time slot for two months. I've got plenty of time to get all of my ducks in a row. I can't believe that they're going to have that guy take over that time slot. Right? Not because I have anything against Dean Bongino. I very much like <laughs> Dean Bongino. But why does he have his head so far up Donald Trump's ass? <laughs> he can tell you how healthy his kidneys are. My God, dude, move on. It's over. <laughs> you know, on that note,
3: if you still have a Trump banner up or a, a yard sign, right, please yeah. put, take it, down, take it down, put it away. Yeah,
4: yep. no, absolutely. Um, and Jargo, uh, just recently you had another episode of, uh, Destino that uh, dropped as well, right? With a uh, pause and you had another guest on there too, I believe, right?
2: Uh, Mr. John Enright, John Inright, yeah, down, down in Texas. We were talking cool. about the kind of the fallout of this entire Will Osprey, be Priestley angle because it has become an entire thing. Um, It's funny because most of the internet seems outraged by this, and most of my friends are like, it's pro wrestling. Y'all need to calm down.
4: (laughs) Right. I agree 100%. Uh, For myself, coming up later this week for Termicle Rewind, we've got an interesting one uh, lined up for you guys here. We're going back to 1999 with ECW Hardcore Heaven with Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn for that television title. That's going to be a fun match to break down and watch. I think you guys are going to enjoy
2: that one. The series of matches those two guys had. (laughs)
4: <laughs> good stuff. Holy crap Good stuff man And I thought too It would tie into Him going into the Hall of Fame as well So it uh, made uh, That was actually One of uh, Carl's picks That we're doing And it's going to be uh, A hell of a good time Watching that match Anything from ECW At that time frame Was insane So looking forward to it Alright And uh, make sure And um, give you guys A chance to get The the social media Plugged up there I almost forgot as well
2: Michaeljargo.com That's yes. all you got to do That's all you got to a- do Everything's there right? Links to
4: everything And then hashtag RBV Fitness for Rick Right
2: Yep, at the
3: real (laughs) RBV.
4: All right, well, like I said, about wraps up here for this week. We'll see you guys on the next one.
3: It's me, it's me, it's an the B defeat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have the content, especially it up by the flagship show. You can find that all at com. Right.